0: You are listening to The Small World Podcast with me, Detanga Small. On this show, I want to provide a soapbox for travelers to tell their stories. This all started in January of 2014, when I first traveled abroad by myself. Throughout the next two years, I visited and lived in over 20 countries. But surprisingly, my most vivid memories weren't the beautiful sights of the Machu Picchu or the history of countries in Eastern Europe was about the people that i met on the road and the stories that they told me that's why i started this podcast to provide a platform so that those stories can be told to a bigger audience and for you the listener to hear perspectives about the world that you may not have considered before so without further ado let's get the show started thanks for tuning in and i'll see you on the other side good evening ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the small world podcast it's me Detanga small and this time it is 10 o'clock p.m in toronto it's kind of late for an interview but the reason i'm doing it is for a special reason today i'm speaking with somebody that i just met two weeks ago when i was abroad his name is dietrich kovu Frizel, and he's a dance ambassador of the performing arts and a dance artist and he is here representing the dance education program the Genesis Project, which is a dance-intensive program designed to heal through the performing arts and to foster cultural exchange between nations. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome my guest, Dietrich, thank you so much for being with me. What's up, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good, man. It's, uh, oh, it's, wow. it's going well over here. It's... Um... It's getting warmer. It's, it's not Mexico levels for sure, but it's definitely it's definitely getting warmer. So, uh, first thing, speaking of Mexico, first thing I want to talk, talk to you about is after we met and I saw your, uh, basically your updates, it seems like you got a bit frazzled. Something happened when you were trying to come back. What happened?
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, Dios mio. Basically, this is my mistake because I was off in La La Land, is um, I got on the bus. Well, I put my stuff on a bus that was going to the airport, but there was multiple airports. I mean, multiple buses going to airports. And so I put my stuff on the bus, and then I showed the, um, the, the coach guy or whatever you call it, I showed him my ticket, and he told me it was a different bus. So I went wandering, exploring, just contemplating my trip, and then another bus pulled up, and that was the correct one. But then I realized my stuff was on the other one. So (laughs) that's what happened. Oh, my. So you lost it. Wait, no, you didn't lose your stuff, did you? Well, now I got some good news. So technically, no, it's not lost anymore.
0: Oh, man. I honestly, I'm so lucky that's never happened to me. Like, has that happened to you before? No, no, it hasn't. Okay, well, uh, so we met in Mexico two weeks ago and uh, I was I was staying at a hostel. And I was, I was just getting a drink, I believe. No, I think it must have been like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. I think it's too early for drinking then, even for Mexican standards. <laughs> but, um, Dietrich and I started talking and, you know, he was telling me that, uh, that he's a dance artist, you know, he's, he's, he's dancing and it's sort of a big part of my life, uh, because that's, uh, it's, it's something I used to do when I was a lot younger. And so to, to talk to somebody who basically said, you know, this is their life. And to also meet them all abroad, I had to say, like, you know, this is going to be like. I thought to myself, like, this person would be perfect for the interview. So really, I mean it when I say I'm glad that you're here to continue here. The, the story that sort of caught my interest when we were talking and we can dive right into it was the fact that you said that you used to do used to dance in China. Did I hear that right at the time?
1: Yes, you heard
0: correct. <laughs> okay. Okay. So China and how did you, How did that happen?
1: Well, um, I got an offer to go to China a year prior to that because I went to an audition in Alabama. It was in Birmingham, Alabama. And it was an audition and like a dance event as well. So I had the pleasure of doing both. And so I made the audition and uh, the agent was saying that he was going to reach out to me to get my sizes for the costumes and all of that but you know months went by and I didn't hear anything back even when I lived in another state by the time and so I had a couple of friends who went to China through another agency and then they gave me some of their context after experiencing that and so I just was you know putting putting bait on the hook and throwing the rod. so I eventually found a few agents that were interested but they said I needed a team And so I held auditions with my manager. We held uh, online auditions to find dancers that would join the team that would go out and venture into China. And so that was a trial and error process. We had five people, six at one moment, and then it dropped down to three, then they increased to four. And so eventually it was four people from different parts of the world. We had one girl, her name was Shireen, or her name is Shireen, and she lives in London. Then we had the other guy named Malcolm. He lives in uh, New York. And then you had uh, the other girl named Rini. She lived in uh, Pennsylvania. And then you had me over here in Florida. So we all joined together and agreed to this. And they, the agents flew us out.
0: Wait, so did you? was this all your first time meeting all of them? Or did you know them before?
1: I met Malcolm from New York. I met him in Atlanta because... Uh, he came down to Georgia because his mom was there, but in the process, I was in the same area. And so I met him and we went out, we went to a hookah lounge It was dancing. And it was a cool experience. So it was like, all right, we get to connect before we go to a, we go to a foreign land. And so that's how that happened. But the other two, I didn't I didn't meet them prior. I knew I knew Rainy through um, video chats like over the years. I was talking to her because she had like a viral uh, dance video and I just reached out from there. But that's how I knew of these people. But the fourth person, which is Shireen, she was like the <laughs> the random person that popped up to help this whole thing move. The random ship or the random piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So that's how that
0: was conspired. So even then, I mean, one of the things that I always find with, with traveling and the reason I, I tend to prefer hostels over hotels or Airbnbs or anything else is that when I go to hostels, I'm, I'm basically meeting people who are exploring the same place that I am with fresh eyes and we're exploring that together and that builds a bond. And, you know, this is like, I mean, you, you could probably relate to this more than I can where like, basically, if you're exploring a place with new people together, then it's just it's just a new experience. So did did your bond build when you guys were in China and then you were dancing together?
1: It was, um, China was an intense situation because there was some circumstances that we were under that, um, it was like, no matter what we had to bond and it was like a life or death situation. So yes, we got close and it was through that, that friendships and relationships were, you know, they happened, but it wasn't under the most pleasant Terms to bond, if you get what I
0: mean. Oh no doubt. Well, I mean, actually, I'd, I'd want to explore that a bit more. Um, if mm-hmm. you if you'd like, is there any like what's what happened?
1: Well, I'll just be simple. Uh, human trafficking is real. Basically, got the gig. The agents were um, the face of what really was going on. So they recruited dancers to come out to work in the clubs to perform, but then you have the unfortunate ones that will get stuck in that country and have to work they will have no passport or no way out so they will have to deal with human trafficking and whatever that entails and all the stuff that goes with it but we were fortunate enough to be able to weave and (laughs) make our way through while still being able to perform in some cool places but it just was a rough experience because we didn't know who was pulling the strings and taking us these places or booking the tickets to go here it was like we're on a blind date (laughs)
0: <laughs> so y- how long were you there for and and when did you figure out that like this was more than than what it seemed at first sight
1: well I was there for two months and it was we had okay there's this feeling your gut instincts or what we call intuition those senses were going off while we were in China even from the moment we arrived I was actually the first person to arrive and my senses were screaming like yo this is not anything that we talked about. And so um, when everyone arrived, they had that same sensation. But because we came this way, and all honesty, we were young and desperate to travel. We decided to just ride the wave. And so we rode it through, going through some uh, some terrible stuff. <laughs> I laugh because in retrospect, it's just funny. Because, like, I see why I, I was wrong in many places, but I'm thankful to be here to be here still it just we took some wrong steps, but I believe there's a high power, you know, whether we call it God, whether we call it many things. But at least in my life, I call it God and I say the God was with me the whole time. And that's the only way that I made it through because it was really unknown. We didn't know where we were going or where we're going to end up the next day. And the sad part about it for me as a world explorer and travel enthusiast is. Even some of the most beautiful places that I was around, I wasn't able to enjoy because my my emotions were worried about or focused on the situation at hand and the well-being of others. So I couldn't even enjoy the bliss that was actually around me as far as the architecture, the experience, and so, so on and so forth. So it was really tough, but it still had its ups and downs and its beautiful, beautiful moments. But... <laughs> The bonding,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I can, like, I I guess you probably could tell I'm a very social person and, and bonding mm-hmm. is a big part of that. And so I can only imagine, like, how tight that bond must have become under those situations. That's, I mean, we don't we need to focus on that too much because uh, you just said yourself, you're an enthusiast and a traveler. So, yes, I'm, I'm guessing China wasn't your, your your first time abroad
1: actually it was that was my first trip abroad
0: (laughs) oh Uh, wow that's so hilarious now that i look at that so how did okay so how did that impact your future travels i mean i don't know how many places you've, you've been to really but um were i guess you were more of a planner and more cautious as you went along or uh was it something else how did it impact you
1: Well, it definitely gave me the wisdom that I needed to um, be patient, to exercise patience and not be so gung-ho to do something. Because when you force your way through the door, it's typically probably not going to work out for you. Or if you just continue to um, try to make your foot fit in the shoe that doesn't fit, obviously, it's not going to be a great experience. So, I mean, the impact that it left on me, it just gave me more motivation to be responsible when I actually plan my trips around the world because it's not a game. So you really are in a real life environment, real life world, and you have to be aware of certain things or equip yourself with knowledge and the information that's needed to interact with that environment. So it didn't discourage me. But it just humbled me and made me more aware and attentive to details and my own well-being when I'm actually abroad.
0: Because I, f- I feel like it could really go two ways. Like my first experience abroad was just beautiful, amazing. I met some of the best people ever. But I could honestly imagine that if if I had an experience like you or even something that was slightly negative, I would, I would actually probably not want to travel anymore, really. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of true though. And I mean, there, there's, there's sort of different levels of travel, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, there's like the level of being on a resort, for example, and just like, just relaxing for yes. your two week vacation from work. There's mm-hmm. the level where you're solo and, in, in a country that's, you know, like relatively safe. Um, and then there's like, basically the level that you just described where you're in an unknown place, you're not getting good vibes, and Yet you're like like you're just in that situation and you're not sure what to do next. So uh, I I suppose the next question here is: if you got that experience the first time, where did you decide to travel next, and how was the experience in comparison?
1: I mean, Mexico was the experience that was uh, the next trip, but that was like a year gap in between. So I was living in Orlando for a good four months before I actually took this venture to mexico
0: okay so actually let's let's rewind a bit on this one here then because you said you were living in orlando before but you were born and raised in chicago that's correct yes okay so talk a bit about that what was what was life in chicago like
1: <laughs> oh go take me back <laughs> uh, okay well chicago was chicago was chicago no it was um it's a it's a city like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they got movies out the yin-yang who describe the city life. And a lot of that is uh, pretty accurate. But the experience of being there as an individual and you having your own unique experience, that's what makes it different. And uh, for me, I have my rough moments. I don't want to go too much into detail and a lot of stuff, but, you know, I've seen many layers. So now I I know where I am and where I want to be. And so the way i don't know that's hard to describe. Like it really is, to be honest, Mm -hmm. Chicago itself in a feeling, I would describe it. It's not anything I could.
0: So it's, it's interesting that you talk about feelings there because I'm of the belief that every city that you visit Has its own vibe, so to say. You know, Um, definitely. You you completely understand. Like uh, when I went to Chicago myself, it has it had a vibe very very similar to my hometown of Toronto, Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, While, for example, a city like Berlin is uh has a very very relaxed vibe so relaxed that it, it made me feel a bit uncomfortable cuz i didn't feel like anybody was doing uh, anything you know um <laughs> but you know you you get all these different vibes uh and it's just like you said before from the trip in china you you had that vibe of uh, of danger you know like imminent danger mm-hmm. like something is up in chicago you get a different vibe in orlando uh you get a different vibe so I'll give you a good example from from my life. Basically, Toronto has two sides to it. In the summer, it's one of the happiest places you could be in. Everyone's uh, everyone's happy, everyone's joyful, smiling, wearing clothes that make them feel comfortable. It's it's all good. And then in the winter it just one eighty degrees, everyone's closed off, nobody's smiling, everyone's focused on getting to work, then getting home. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a big city thing. So you move down to Florida, I'm guessing. From, yes. from what you were saying. So how did that differ? Because the weather must have honestly had an impact either <laughs> on you or on the people around you.
1: Okay. Um, when I moved to Florida, that transition was like, I felt everything of that. <laughs> that was more of a culture shock than it was when I went to China. And that's surprising because it's still on home turf. But when I moved to Florida, it was different because it was like, it was country. Like right now, I'm at my mom's house and she lives where we moved when we left Chicago. And it's still country. But the difference is, is I actually enjoy it now. But when I arrived, <laughs> I was shook because people sounded different when they talked. They were like sounding like uh, a bad instrument, as I would describe it as. No offense to anybody that's Southern, that's Southern, but. It just had me feeling away because I was such an inner city kid. And so then when how the people responded to me when I told them where I was from, it seemed like they had a problem with that. And so it was a rough it was a rough beginning. And then not even knowing to where to find the mall, (laughs) it took me like three months to go actually go to the mall when I arrived here. So like the southern way of life was completely different how people are friendly, they say, they wave at they wave at you all the time, or if they see you, they wave, or they walk up to you and just tell you something nice. That was hard to take because in the inner city, it's like don't trust no one, you know, watch who you have in your circle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the Southern was more relaxed but still had its own um, tension to it, and it was really difficult to find that balance to actually – Assimilate to that lifestyle, at least as a kid. Really struggling with that, you know, images and etc.
0: Yeah, I mean, did did you find that the it's kind of interesting, right? Because you go to a nice, warm culture like that, and you probably had like a similar feeling in Mexico, where yes, um, people are people are so open and and happy and nice, and you know they're they're joyful, and you kind of have to be a bit skeptical sometimes because you're like are you doing that because you want something for me or like, Uh are you you trying to trick me into something or is this genuine? And, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's also the case with, with Northern cities, like, like yours and mine where you can also feel that vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. where you can kind of, you can kind of get what somebody wants even before beginning the talk, (laughs) you know, like you see the way someone walks up to you and the way they're walking even you know, like their posture just, just gives it away. So was that where the adjustment came from? Was, was it just like adjusting to understand exactly what you could trust and what you couldn't?
1: Okay. Yes. Um, Florida most definitely, but I feel like here people are a lot more open with their, um, dislike (laughs) and that kind of made it a lot easier to, um, really know who to mess with and who not just, I think it was just because that was the first major move as a kid to go on something, going somewhere that was completely different. Mm-hmm. But, and I was really, um I was really lonely at the time because I was moving to a different place, leaving all my friends behind, you know, everyone continuing on with their life and just relearning myself in another place. Like that was a, a profound, profound experience.
0: So... Did you did you start getting into dance before or after you moved to Florida?
1: Well, I've always been dancing. I've always been a dancer. Uh, and whether there's music, I was dancing. Whether it was on my feet, whether it was in shoes or on skates, I was dancing one way or another. And um, so I believe they always followed me. And I had some of the, the more, what they say, cliche inspirations like Michael Jackson, James Brown, Usher... Uh, Omarion etc but I really fell in love with dance when I moved to Florida that's where I
0: really started kicking off was it the people there or was it like I mean my immediate thought would be it's it's just the fact that you can go outside at all times <laughs> basically and, and actually just do your thing instead of waiting until it stops raining or snowing
1: well it's kind of both because it still rained hard here in Florida it still mm-hmm. does like in rainy season Mm -hmm. but um this happened only because i joined the drama club and i was always dancing indoors but no one knew so after i joined drama club in high school it's when i ran into a, a guy named sonny he's a good guy and me and him were friends for like eight years but i met him i seen him here and there and then he had like a hot girlfriend so i was like Yo, who's this guy? He's dating the chick that's in drama club, but he's not in drama club. <laughs> <laughs> so cliche, but me and him, um, I seen him one day, he was like miming and dancing with her and I just stopped to watch and I had like a whole squad of people with me for some odd reason and was just like watching him. And then he broke away from her and they started, he started dancing. And so everyone's like, yo, Dietrich, go dance, bro. Go show what's up. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. So I eventually get up there And then we actually have a dance battle. And then we have dance battles throughout the time we see each other because he ended up being friends with one of my friends. So our interactions always had like a dance exchange. And over time, he just asked me, like, yeah, we should start our own crew. And I'm like, maybe. And then the next day I came back, like, let's start the crew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I was down from that point. And we just started dancing more. We did a talent show. Everybody loved us. And it was giving us a lot of love. And that kind of gave me the motivation to really uh, pursue it. More so for the feeling it gave me. Not the fact that everyone was cheering for me. But it was just the experience of putting in work and then actually being able to showcase it somewhere in front of people. That, That feeling of freedom, that liberation in that moment was everything for
0: me. And that's where it all started, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, that's when
0: I knew I was like, I, I am going to go all the way with this. So let's expand on that for a second, because mm-hmm. um, you mentioned to me specifically that you're a dance artist. And and I want to focus on that a bit, because the, the word the word artist it, it has a lot of different connotations. You know, mm-hmm. number one, uh, it doesn't silo you into just a single style, which is which is good because, you know, dance is. A lot to do with expression. Yes. And expression doesn't come in just one form. It comes in many forms. Yes. But the the artistic part about this also comes to the fact that art is really influenced by environment. Yes. <laughs> so, as as you know, I mean, of course, this is a travel podcast. So, my question for you is, did your dance style change after you started traveling around a bit? And if it did, how?
1: The environment has changed or inspired me many different many different ways. For example, I'll make a character when I dance. That'd be the character or the characters of my life at that moment. The ones I really connect with. When I went to China, I was like this ninja. You know, I was living my life the way of the samurai and the ninja and Following those principles and virtues, and walking in that mind state, while I was over there, and then when I came to Mexico, it was more like the um, <laughs> I was like the Capoeira guy, the beach bum, but he still likes luxury, <laughs> the world explorer, historian, the ancient adventurer. It's like I assumed that, so I was ingesting that information and really keeping myself in that feeling that. I've that mind state. And by going into these mind states, when I when I would dance, it would give me different approaches. So if I would lean towards a music that made me feel, example, scientific, made me feel like Da Vinci, I would play that music and I would approach it that way. That was the environment inspiring me, <laughs> influencing me in that manner.
0: So let's talk about the, the music a bit more then. Music is, is interest is an interesting part about this. Personally, I tend to listen to music, different types of music based on my mood. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm feeling a bit, you know, lacking energy or something like that, like I'll put on um, I'll put on like Bryson Tiller, for example, or I'll uh-huh. put on uh even even Drake. <laughs> but just, uh-huh. sometimes it gets me pumped up, you know. Like the but like in other points, you know, when I'm studying, I have something else playing. Uh, does is your is the type of music you dance to? Uh, is it based off of a mood that you're trying to hit or is it, is it something else?
1: Okay. We have these things in the dance world called labs. It's just a acronym for laboratory laboratory. And we see ourselves as scientists, or as you could say, alchemists. So we go into the lab is different states of lab. We have the mental lab where you just think of new concepts, different approaches. Then you have the, uh, let's say you have this physical lab or something. The drills—you just do everything, you're working on technique. And then you have the emotional when you just want to flow and feel your emotions, express express that feeling. And then you will have, you know, that uh, you have that session. You have to go out with friends, get a crew, and then everybody would just start pouring out their creations in one room, and everybody get inspired off each other. So these are different labs. These are different um different states of being when you're going, when you're dancing, at least when you're uh, an artist, I feel like you, when you, an artist, you surpass that point of working on how to dance or getting that move. It's more so of a creation. You're creating something or you're co-creating. So that's why I say I'm a dance artist Mm -hmm. because I'm at the point now where I'm using the world around me to uh, create,
0: so let's move on to a, a, a bit of a different topic here. Uh, I, I can't lie; when I did my research, I came across a, a picture you posted actually, where you were talking about, uh, you know, this feeling that you had when you auditioned for So You Think You Can Dance. So uh-huh. I, I have to ask this because I I used to watch So You Think You Can Dance religiously. W- what happened? What What was that whole experience like?
1: Oh, that's a time travel. All right. That was an incredible experience, to be honest. It was such an adrenaline rush. Um, the guy I mentioned before, Sonny, he was like my right-hand man. Man, we're really tight. And we would be the risk-takers to go do something like, yo, there's a jam happening in this, um, in this state. Let's go to it. All right, cool, give me time to save money. Boom, 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 we'll go. But that was my idea, the whole say so You Think You Dance, because... My mom was, like, saying, like, I should do more stuff. I should do bigger stuff. And then when I brought it to his attention, like, yeah, we should go to Atlanta and audition for So You Think You Can Dance. He was opposed to it, but eventually he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we um, got some Greyhound tickets, and then we took a bus up there. I, like, was still doing school. (laughs) I took, like, five days, no, like, four days off. No, probably, like, it was, like, three days off from school to go to these auditions. And when I arrived it was uh so cold in Atlanta. We didn't even have a hotel to stay. So we was with his mom for a little bit, but then she had to go do something. So she was like, Hey, I gotta drop you off in downtown. Whatever you do from there, you know, wish you the best. <laughs> and we were like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we um we go hang out at the the Georgian Terrace, which is right across from the Fox Theater in Atlanta. And we eventually the people are nice, they let us get like this uh ballroom. And so we're in there dancing but it was already a dancer in there and he didn't want to let us in but we eventually cleared the communication and were able to go into the room so we hung out danced a little bit but then we saw more people outside waiting in the theater and there were dancers auditioners for the show so we're like okay let's just meet them and hang out and stay out here the rest of the night in the line so we can hold our position so we're like, all right cool it was so cold but the people were so warm they were so nice and everybody was really inspiring, talking to each other, motivating each other, wishing us to wishing, wishing each one the best. And when the morning came, they opened the doors. We did the whole um, stuff for the, the intro. You know, when they go down the line, everybody's like, "Woo!" <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like hands in front of the camera. We did that. Couple shots of that, and then some um, people who had their own like web shows came by. I was doing interviews with people they thought were interesting. And me and my um, me and my friend Sonny, we were like the main ones getting interviewed out of, out of a lot of people. So they continued on and then they said, All right, cat Daly's gonna come out. Everybody's <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, yo, for sure, for sure. So she came out, she said hi to everybody, she's waving, and then like she looked and saw me, and I was like, Yo, cat, I love you. And then she walked over, and she said, Hey, come here. So I put my leg over the gate.
0: No she decided,
1: way. Yeah, then she like wanted to interview me. And then she's like, hi, what's your name? I told her my name. She said, where are you from? She's like, so, like, is this your first time auditioning for the show? I'm like, yes, it is. And then she had me dance. She was like, all right, can you show us what you can do? And so I danced in front of the camera while the crowd everybody like, oh. And so then I was happy and we took pictures together and then they let everybody in for the actual audition process. That was incredible because Oh, this is what I forgot, but this is so awesome in retrospect. Literally, after the Cat interview, I was like the first person to audition for the whole interview of season nine, like the whole se- the whole audition season. I was the first person. And I was like, dang it, why me? I don't have to be the first person to kick it off. <laughs> and then I did. And um, I did great because I made it through to the next round everybody was like so hype and supportive and then the second round you know um i went i didn't make it past that one like simon was like he counted down the line and everybody he chose people who he wanted to and he pointed at me like he was gonna pick me and then it was like okay yeah we're fine i'm like oh "Oh, man i'm like that birds simon that birds but it was uh Everybody was like, what? Come on, Simon. They were like booing him and stuff. And I'm just like, hey, they got my back. <laughs> <laughs> and the people got my back, the city, on my shoulders. But that was cool. And um, But when I left, like, it really was an emotional experience because I really wanted that. And um, people were like, it's okay. It's okay. You did great. You did great. And then when I went out, like, my friend made it through. And so he was still doing the audition process. And I'm outside the Fox theater for like 12 hours waiting for this audition stuff to be, it wasn't 12 hours. I'm exaggerating. It was like four hours, four or five hours waiting for this whole interview, the interviews and like the auditions to be over. And he comes out to tell me he made it through the next round. So I have to wait another set of hours. And, uh, during that time, I'm just like, I'm crying. I'm like, God, why, why could I make it through? (laughs) I was like, Why? Looking at people, people walking down the street happy, like, yo, I made it. I'm just like, damn, all of you. Excuse (laughs) my French. I apologize. (laughs) No worries. It's just like, um, you know, I was dealing with a lot of emotions at that time because I felt like that was meant for me. But fortunately, some people were interested in when they saw me and I got to share my story there and, you know, tell them what happened. Those interviews are still actually um, online. I'll have to find them, (laughs) send them to you one day. Mm -hmm. But. There was um they were supportive and then I just waited until they were done. And yeah, that was that experience. But for me, what it dealt, it showed me that I need to work I need to always work harder and exceed what I think my expectations are or my own standards. But still be patient and allow myself to develop because none of this stuff that I've achieved in my career so far happened at the speed I wanted it to it just happened because I was always prepared. I stayed ready. So when opportunity came, I can take it.
0: I feel like that's a, I feel like that's like a, a a message for life. You know, nothing comes when you expect it to, but it does come if you keep at it.
1: Will Smith said it. He was like, when you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready.
0: No doubt. No doubt. So that brings us on to a Another question. This this one actually might be the final one because it's uh, I can understand if it's getting a bit late for both of us. But it's it's also something that uh is it's it's kind of been nagging at the back of my head since I read it. So during my research, I read a quote specifically said and and a quote from you that said, "I have to become an international figure so my message can be clear." I thought that was so strong, but I also I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm lacking the context there. Like, what what's the message? What message do you want to give? And why do you need to be an international figure to do that?
1: Well, oh, it's changed from international. It's now global.
0: <laughs> there we go.
1: <laughs> uh, yo, dreams always get bigger. But what I meant by that is um, in this in this life, unfortunately, we live in a material world. And for people to really listen to you or take a person seriously when they speak, they need to see the material proof that they are a person of status. And so I figured, hey, I'm delivering a message to peace, love, unity, and oneness and coexistence. You know, I need people to hear that because I believe I'm someone that has ideas that can help change the world. But I need to have these achievements. I need to have the material things that talk, that grab their attention, the shiny glitter that grabs that eye, and you're like, "Ha, oh, oh, hi, who are you? It's like, oh, hi, I'm Dietrich. <laughs> nice to meet you. So, me being a global figure, I would say ambassador, will help me when I actually um, speak to people and I'm able to deliver something that is meaningful. If my art has a, a strong message I would like people to hear, You know, they will actually dedicate the time or put aside the time to hear or to listen. And... I feel like in this day and age, that's something that's necessary, but I'm not obsessed with the idea of becoming a global figure because in actuality, as long as I'm satisfied with my own achievements and myself, I'm at peace, but in the material world, it would be cool to have a bigger platform to actually uh, speak positivity into people's lives.
0: You know, that is, I can relate to that statement so much more than I think you could even imagine because that's, that's the same thing for me. Um, like, like when you really think about it, the idea of fame isn't the most glamorous, you know, like, like, (laughs) definitely. It's, I mean, we can, we can look at all the TMZs and all the blog posts and the, on the news and like all the media and like, you know, a name can be tarnished Mm -hmm. easily, so easily over something small, but Mm -hmm. the, the other side of that beauty and the reason that, you know, I feel the same way as you, like I I want my name to be recognized is because of that message. And, and it's the entire reason that I even have this podcast in the first place is to give a platform for people like yourself to speak about not only your life and your passion, but to talk about how travel has influenced that. Mm -hmm. So I completely, I, I, I vibe with you so much on that, man. Like so much. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) <laughs> world leaders <laughs> no doubt but just one more question here is where are you off to next because you're you're situated back in in uh in florida right now but do you have a plan to go somewhere soon
1: well plans are already made you know just uh gathering the finances right now that's the main thing over here working my magic manifesting so what i'm going to go next i have a few choices. Um, it's just it's on the complete opposite side of the world where I am now. <laughs> I'll say that, but I won't say a place because I've grown accustomed to allowing the universe to surprise me as long as I stay prepared.
0: Okay, yeah. So you don't want basically you don't want to you want to be able to be open to whatever comes to you. I get that
1: because we're it's like allowing yourself to arrive at the right place at the
0: right time, just around the world. I completely feel that. Well. Dietrich, it's been so great talking to you. And um, I mean, after all the after all the trial and tribulations you've been through by getting <laughs> back from Mexico, basically, to, uh-huh. uh, to coming back to, to Florida, back to your home, it must be it, it's great that it turned out like this. And I can only wish you nothing but luck in the future with the Genesis project and with you becoming yes. the international figure. Global. It's all global, man. It's all global.
1: Global, we we change in the world. We humanitarian's
0: one step changing at a time. World. One step at a time, we're gonna change it. And um, thank you, man. Thank you for being part of this. Uh, I hope. I hope that. Uh, I hope that everything works out for you for sure.
1: We change the world. We change ourselves first. And yes, it's an honor to be here. I am truly grateful for this experience. I love this word, experience. <laughs> it's a. It's a great. It's a great experience and. Um, I wish you the best I wish you peace Love Prosperity Abundance And Harmony in your life And, and all that you do Because I believe that As long as your intentions Are pure And you're always exercising To purify your intentions Things will always flow In your favor So You have my best wishes
0: And I believe Nothing but good Is flowing into your life now No doubt man All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This was Dietrich Kovu-Frizel, who is once again a dance ambassador of the performing arts and a dance artist representing the Genesis Project. Check him out, and uh, I'll post up some links below the podcast. He has some good videos, and uh, trust me, you'll get to see them even before this one comes out. And if you like what you heard today, make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe we're available on itunes google play music and of course the small world's website at www.thesmall.world thanks for tuning in to tonight's episode and i'll see you next time